Hello, hello, all. This is Tammy Brunk, Earth Sky Woman, and I am speaking to you on June 4th. Today, I wanted to offer my astrology oracle for the month of June 2023. So, uh, just before I get started, just to say that um, if you enjoy this, if you want to hear more, please feel free to make a comment. Um, also, to subscribe if you're not already subscribed, I would love to have you here on my YouTube channel. I'm just really getting started doing this on a regular basis. So tune in and you can expect to hear from me every month. Usually I will do a few videos at least, though I will always be giving the overview for each month astrologically. So let's just dive in. All right, the month of June. Oh my goodness. I want to first of all say that um, I like to deliver these at a moment where something's happening astrologically. So I'm kind of really tuning into that larger energy field. And so the moment I'm speaking to you, it is, as I speak, it's about 5.30 p.m. Sunday, June 4th. We have, you know, the full moon is really a three-day window. And the full moon was exact in Sagittarius last night, uh, aligned with the great attractor. If you check out my YouTube channel, you'll see I did a whole, a whole, spe um, a, a whole uh, YouTube on that. Also, I gave a YouTube for this coming week. Uh, so, but we're still in that window. So as I'm speaking, the moon is very close to galactic center, which is located at about 27 degrees Sagittarius. So already we're going to be really experiencing these downloads from that very powerful part of the sky. Um, so yeah, I just, I love to do these things in this way so that you all get the added benefit of um, whatever the magic, the medicine is at the moment that I'm speaking. Okay, so I wanted to tune into kind of the bigger themes and bigger events of this month, and then I'll I'll break it down and do a little bit of detail. And as you can see here at the video and in the emails that I send out, you can subscribe at my email uh, at my on my website, tammybronk.com. You can get on my email list that way. Uh, but what you will uh, see is that I'll send out an email every month that'll just kind of give a breakdown just a very clear outline of what's happening over the course of the month. And then this Oracle is just my deeper transmission. So, um, so just to begin uh, again, we're in the window of the full moon in Sagittarius. So we're still in that energetic of the medicine of Gemini and Sagittarius. Now the Gemini energy, of course, the sun is in Gemini. It's going to continue to be in Gemini until the summer solstice when the sun moves into cancer. Uh, so we have this month, this, or as I'm speaking, the strong Gemini energy, not only because of that, but also because Mercury this week is going to be moving into Gemini as well, I believe on Saturday. So then we're going to have the sun, we're going to have Mercury both in Gemini. And so first of all, just one of the layers that really comes through strong and clear is be a strong guardian of your mind. Be a strong guardian of the focus of your thoughts, the focus of your attention. You know, when Mercury moves into this sign, it's actually moving also very quickly through the sky. And Gemini is a very fast moving energy. It's mental, it's cerebral, uh, it's, it's fast paced. And so we live in a moment where so much is coming at us in any given moment in time. And I'm a Gemini moon, so I really get this um it, this attraction shall we say to information to bringing in information um, i'm a gemini moon and whatever moon sign we have that has a lot to do with how we self-soothe so if i'm feeling stressed or if i'm overwhelmed the way i self-soothe is i listen to a podcast or i read a lot or i just gather information kind of voraciously i get into my head <laughs> That's how I self-soothe. That's how I avoid uncomfortable emotions. And so that's the shadow side of Gemini is it's somewhat, it's a strong word, dissociative, but it, it, and it's not that extreme necessarily, but there can be a tendency to want to kind of jump out of the body or um, wander around a lot in Kairos time, you know, the, 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 and Kairos time is beautiful, powerful, magical. Uh, the layer I'm speaking into is where we really might even have almost like a very strong rebellion against uh, to-do lists or scheduling our time um, very tangibly. Uh, so that more linear kind of energy is very much um, it's it's the and and it's it's the op 
Gemini doesn't love that, right? So we're going to want to keep an eye on that and just acknowledge and honor the part of us that's very much a free spirit, that wants to be able to play, that wants to be able to um, explore, that wants to be able to get into that magical child and and also give your mind good things to work on. Give your mind good tasks that are, uh, you know, do research or, um, you know, read the kinds of books or listen to the kinds of podcasts or just just consider and curate what actually is good nutrient for your mind, really good medicine, good vitamins for your mind. Um, because if we don't pay attention, what can happen in this moment is that there's just, again, so much coming at us that we can get a little ungrounded, uncentered, unmoored. And the reality is, is that at this moment, um, as I'm sure you can feel, it's quite intense. So it's, it can be pretty easy to get caught off center and, you know, things aren't going to slow down anytime now, uh, anytime soon. So, so be aware of the mind, feed it good nutrients, um, you know, be, be conscious of your focus of attention and let that inner magical child inside of you play. Do give space for the Gemini and its beauty and its magic and its wonder and its capacity to really um, re-enchant the world with, with its, um, with, with its freshness and its innocence. That That's what I feel into when I feel Gemini. I love energy, a Gemini energy in its pure heart. I feel like our world needs more of that. So that's part of the energy we're, we're, we're into right now. And we'll be even more into later in the week. And, you know, we still, as I'm speaking, I will just speak a little bit into the Sagittarius dynamic as well, because the moon is in Sagittarius as I'm speaking. And so with that Sagittarius medicine, again, I'm transmitting it now, but you can still feel it, you know, permeating through the remainder of this month because this full moon has been quite powerful. Um, Sagittarius in its, um, when we work with the, the layers and the mysteries of Sagittarius in a way that's really nourishing, it has to do with the language of the soul. It has to do with our inner mystic has to do with the the places where we really have passion for our spiritual life and seeking spiritual truth and meaning and and so it's the part of us that might really um, love the practice of cultivating or or speaking a beautiful prayer this can be the domain of Sagittarius this is almost a lost art I will say that one of the beautiful gifts that my dear friend Julie Brown she's an incredible intuitive I highly recommend her <laughs> that she gave me is when I began to practice astrology, um, she already had gone ahead of me. I observed her initiate her own practice as an intuitive and really do very well at it. And so she was a, she was a trailblazer for me. Um, and she would, um, she would talk about uh, this. Oh my gosh. Now I'm totally losing my train of thought. This is so funny. Um <laughs> That's an example of Gemini mind, right? I wandered a bit. Um, I'll come back to it. I'm going to trust it. Okay. So speaking into, oh, she she reintroduced me to prayer because I was raised in a very traditional Christian family. Um, I actually see the beauty in that now. I see the beauty in the primitive Baptist faith that I was raised in. There's a lot of shadow there, of course, which is true for many traditional uh, Christian faiths, especially for women in their roles. Um, and yet there was also beauty that I am now um, embracing uh, within that tradition. But for many, many years, I I had forgotten something that I was really lucky to have when I was growing up, which was daily prayer. You know, my, my dad would pray over the meals. Uh, later after my dad passed, my mom actually began taking that on. She taught us really how to pray. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, I believe, to know how to pray. And so my friend Julie, when she would give a reading, she would always open with a prayer. So I also do that every time I give a reading, I open with a prayer, with an invocation. It feels hugely uh, important to me. I think our world actually benefits from each of us remembering our own version of a prayer or a blessing. I think that's actually an authentic human need. Even if you're agnostic, you know, even if you're not this person who is deeply tied into one spiritual tradition or another, my sense is that the being able to speak gratitude um, and to see gratitude and speak it and and offer praise to the world hugely important, hugely vital 
um, essential aspect of what it means to be a human. In fact, I actually would go so far as to agree with Sandra Ingerman, um, the individual that many people know for the, her, she brought a particular, uh, particular layers of um, shamanic spiritual traditions that are universal back into Western understanding. She would actually go so far as to say that as human beings for our species, our primary role is literally to praise and to bless the the world, the creation. I, I actually, I really agree with that. I think that's a beautiful way to see it. I think that's a big piece of what we're here for. So Sagittarius has a um, a great love of the sacred in all of its facets, and Sagittarius has a passion for both the 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 truth with a small t, maybe my own personal truth. You know, this is my truth. This is, uh, for example, a layer of my truth. I see that as kind of frequency. Like, what's my frequency? A part of my frequency that's really core to me is um, that I see beauty. I see beauty in the world. It's a big piece of who I am and what I do. <laughs> sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's easy. But it's it's a it's a sacred component, a, a core layer of my of my soul essence. So I would see that as a vibration of truth when I'm coming from that place in a clear way. Um, then there's big T truths, right? Like uh, like one of those might be the the concept of practicing unconditional love or practicing sacred trust uh you know in the face of adversity that when difficult things happen that we when we learn to look for uh, the deeper meaning or the purpose in what we're going through um that that there's a spiritual a larger spiritual truth that that is that's something that that hones us that makes us more beautiful that that really blesses us, us and our lives. Now, I say all this recognizing, of course, that we also know that it's not about bypassing um, the difficult feelings. You know, if I've just lost my beloved partner, um, the the body grief, the human grief is essential to integrate. And my sense also would be that in many life circumstances, finding deeper meaning um, in that circumstance is also kind of a Sagittarius function of um, it helps to helps us to claim our spiritual sovereignty. So I'm going to leave it there uh, because again, the Sagittarius medicine is the full moon that was last night and tonight. But again, it does create ripples throughout the entire month. So it feels important. Um, okay. So what are the other big events for this coming month? Uh, one of them is that we've had this fixed grand cross that has been an energy over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and it's continuing through this first week of June. And um, the, it's a fixed grand cross involving Pluto. And Pluto is squaring the north and the south node. And also Jupiter met the north node in Taurus. And so there's this big T-square that's been activated. And then Mars has been in the third, the fourth position. Mars has been opposite Pluto. Now Mars is moving out of that position, but even as Mars is moving out, Venus is moving in. So just to understand, when I say there's a grand fixed cross, that means that the signs that the planets that are in this cross are in the fixed or um, the signs, fixed signs of Leo, uh, Aquarius, and um, Taurus and Scorpio, right? So there's this, and there's a, it's a, if you've ever heard of a square in astrology, this is like a square on steroids. <laughs> this is very, very powerful energy with when you get a grand cross. Um, so the medicine of the grand cross, one of the thing, ways you can see a square is it's a crisis in action. So it's actually a very, it can be a very constructive energy on the level that when you feel that 90 degree angle, that square it's uncomfortable. It's kind of like it's coming at you from, from like it's unexpected. It can feel very surprising sometimes. It's a very strong energy you cannot ignore. It, it requires some form of action. It requires some form of response. You can't just sit there and have this energy come at you and not do anything. So this grand cross has really been something that has kind of forced many of us into taking action and, and um, changing in some really big ways. So for some of us, like myself, I've been in the zone for a number of years now where I've been in one physical location, well, mostly one physical location um, in a particular community on the land 
and really kind of in a zone of, of a bit of cocooning, I will say, after having had a few years of great profound intensity um, that I've really been letting the dust settle from that in many ways. And there have been many times where I've felt stagnant, to be completely honest. And um, as I mentioned in my last YouTube, I've come to really more deeply honor that this is the process I've needed to take. And it's perfect for me. It also has to do with I'm going through my 50-year Chiron return, right? So um, in any case, so for me, finally at that zone, this Grand Cross has been part of the, the medicine of intense intensity and of, of big, massive change energy that has helped me to finally make a big decision, which is that I am moving from my current location. I have basically put in my 30-day notice. And I'm now really stepping into the unknown, literally more so than I've ever done before. I don't have a lease somewhere else. I am in a zone of just saying, spirit, just show me, you know, I'm here. I'm in trust of the next steps, the next steps, the next steps. And, um, you know, it's, it's really powerful. It's powerful to allow ourselves to be moved into change and action. Now it's scary. For many of us, but also, again, I think the Sagittarius energy that we've been in the midst of now is helping us to move into faith and trust. So the other way I wanted to speak into this Grand Cross, and again, because it's still active through the coming week, and I would say really um, even the first two weeks of, of June, is that the other way to see it is it's really beautiful, powerful, masculine energy. It's like a square. And it's, it holds us. It's a strong container, like a magic box that, that the, the alchemy can happen inside of. So just understand you are well held. That can be a mantra. I am well held. And the, the other piece of it is has to do with foundations. What are my foundations? And I said in the last YouTube also, this is a time to really be looking at that. What are my strong foundations? And what I discovered is that my foundation of my literal physical community in terms of living in this precise location, in this precise constellation, that's that foundation I couldn't grow in. I couldn't grow on that foundation. So I have to move. Um, and now I'm seeking, but I'm, but I'm also honoring the foundations I have built here meaning the really beautiful relationships I have cultivated and the relationship with the land, it will continue to be a part of my foundation. Um, and there are many other facets of the practices I've cultivated, relationships I've honed, uh, deeper as new unfolding aspects of my practice, my business that will become part of my new foundation. But I'm also seeking um, other, uh, other dimensions of my life uh, that, that will help me build new foundations in the future. So that's something a lot of us are also working with right now. Um, I also want to speak into uh, something that to me is actually a really big, big piece of the, the energies over these last several months will continue to be through July. And that is that we have the nodes, the North and South node of the moon moving to the zero point. So we have the North node in Taurus and the South node in Scorpio moving They're at about three degrees right now, but they're going to be at two and then one and then zero degrees. And by the middle of July, they're going to shift into a new axis, Aries and Libra. So there's a big shift happening in my sense with the nodes. I actually, I'm a little bit strange this way, but I like to focus a lot on the South node. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of deeper work that we accomplish through the South Node. Uh, in tradition, in astrology, usually people see the South Node, we can call it the tail of the dragon. It can be seen as our past lives or what we bring in from the past. Often there's a connection to um, kind of the shadowy stuff or the old stuff that we get stuck in. And that is definitely the terrain of, of uh, South Node. However, what I love about shamanic astrology is that that's the system that I, you know, come from, um, is that I was always taught that the South node has to do more with the origination point. So it has to do with the deep source or the original essence of a sign. So what I always feel is that when we're getting down to zero point of that sign, because the South node and the North node move backwards from 29 degrees of the sign all the way to zero, that we're going through and we're tracing all the layers of how that sign has been expressed through history 
And we're going to be feeling the shadow, feeling the distortion, feeling all the layers coming up to be healed, to be composted. And then when we get closer and closer to the ancient original essence of the sign, we're really, there's a lot of incredible mystery and gift that we receive from that. And also I find often there's an ancient shadow that can be very, very potent um, that we are also navigating that needs care, care to tend to and to heal. So for me, what that looked and felt like for Scorpio, and I, I called this out when I gave my 2022 um, forecast is that the South Node in Scorpio is going to bring up everything around um, the witch wound. Um, it's also that it would bring up for many people that, that many of us, many more people would be waking up to uh, many of the, the feminine mysteries that, you know, the certain priestess mysteries, mysteries of um, the dark feminine, mysteries of the snake medicine, for example, and a lot of that terrain of Scorpio of our sexuality, our deep sexuality, the womb work, a lot of that, uh, a lot around the sexuality, around a lot around feminine power, or a lot around all these kind of, um, all all these layers, that it was going to be coming up for women, for men, um, and with all these new doors opening around these ancient spiritual traditions, we were going to see a lot of shadow, and that those of us who already had been on this path for a while, who had already had to kind of learn more discernment in terms of which doors to open, how to open closed portals, how to really clear a space, how to really consider things like entities that, um, you know, many light workers don't like to talk about or think about, but are a thing. Um, my sense was that these, these layers were going to come up big and strong, and it was going to be really important to address them. And that those of us who had already forged ahead, were going to need to take a role in terms of kind of putting back a hand, really assisting people who are waking up to these spiritual mysteries and really may not have much guidance or any elders, right? So my sense is that in the last few months, I have seen this big time. I personally feel like I have a whole team of literal earth angels who are shamans, witches, um, you know, wise women, priestesses who I tune into regularly. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I say this, they say this. I have a dear friend. She's a professional clearer, Susa Ortego. I highly recommend her work. She cleared my house for me. And she has also, she tunes in. She knows what's going on with me. And she knows when I'm needing guidance, uh, a lot more uh, protection. Or And sometimes when we're cultivating our light, we need more protection. Um, I'm not going to go into much more depth with this because I understand that actually with these topics, we don't need to go talking about them all the time, but, but there are ways to speak to these things. It's important to do so. Um. So Scorpio South now getting down to zero point, the gift and the potential here is that more and more of us are actually opening into the deeper feminine dark mysteries, including again, the, the, the wisdom of the womb, including, for example, um, a deeper resonance with and a dropping into our sacred sexuality. And in my sense, in working with certain individuals who have zero degree Scorpio, I'm, I'm curious, I'm fascinated by the early degrees of Scorpio, is that there is actually a an essence of Scorpio that is very innocent. Now, this is going to sound strange, right? We think of Scorpio, we think of Samhain, Halloween, we think of the mysteries of death, sex, love. Yeah, absolutely. And when I say innocence, what I mean is purity. When I say purity, I'm not talking like white angelic purity. What I'm talking about is when we get pared down to our essence, often through very challenging, difficult um, experiences where all of our hubris, all of our ego has been incinerated, there is an innocence, there is a purity, there is a potent beauty and such sacred love that lives at the core of that individual who like a phoenix has gone through so many life experiences of having whatever is not true, whatever is not essential, be burned away. There is a beautiful, potent, powerful, unshakable love presence of a human who carries that medicine. So I want to honor that. I want to honor those of you who carry that medicine. And I want to just acknowledge that that's part of what the Scorpio mysteries can carry for us. just wanted to honor that. Um, okay. The other big event this month is that we have Pluto 
which has been in the sign of Aquarius for the first time in 248 years, moved into Aquarius, I believe, oh gosh, uh, March, March 13th. I may be getting the date wrong. It was right in March. And that was a huge deal. It's really part of why I say 2023 is a, a reset point or is really the turning point for this massive age change that we're in that's been ongoing since you could say the early 60s or there are a lot of ways to speak to the big age change we're in the midst of. Uh, but Pluto moved into Aquarius in mid-March and it's been in that sign since, but then it stationed retrograde at the beginning of May and now it's swung back around. So by June um, 11th, it will have gone back to the 29 degree Capricorn. So back into Capricorn, the late degree, um, the anoretic degree or the degree of fate of Capricorn. And so that's, that's going to feel really interesting. That's something to really tune into energetically. Um, it's going to be in, in, uh, uh, Capricorn until later this year. And, um, it's going to move back into Aquarius, but it's going to, it's moving back and forth and it's going to finally go into, uh, Aquarius for good in the fall of 2024. So we're doing this back and forth dance, this kind of dozy do. And so we're moving back into Capricorn. So, so part of what these last degrees of Capricorn have to do with is this, this really, really deep layer of ancestral healing work. We're really all being called into that. I love what Pam, astrologer Pam Gregory has been saying about the idea that we live in a time where we literally have the opportunity to heal uh, family curses, karmic, um, karmic uh, ancestral patterns that go back seven generations, or in some cases, many, many, many more. And so, you know, for those of you who can do that, doing that work in the realm of relationship or in the realm of, um, you know, material, uh, you know, poverty healing or whatever it is, there's so many arenas. Um, many blessings for you. It is not necessarily easy work. And we get another go at it. And what I when I say we get another go at it, that isn't to say that this has to be some really difficult, challenging, you know, deep, heavy thing. Um, it, it, what I've noticed is that the layers are, they can feel quite intense, but the more we're willing to move through them, the, the faster they they kind of release, they kind of lift. And often we we feel the thing that we're so terrified of, that's so painful, that's so dark, that's so heavy, that we keep re going back to. Um, we might really judge ourselves for that. Like there's a lot, and I do this too. I'm like, move forward, look, be, look towards the future. Yes, true. And, and as this beloved um, lover of plants, ecologist, um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot. Stephen Herrick Buner, who recently passed, a beautiful, gorgeous elder, herbalist. Um, he wrote a book about grief, about Gaia and grief recently. And uh, one of the pieces that he, he spoke to in that was he said, you know, when you're grieving something, often a part of the grief process is you go back over what happened again, again, and again, and again, you're chewing it up, you're chewing it up, you're chewing it up, you're going over it, you're going over it, you seem to be ruminating and obsessing. Everybody around you is sick of it, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed that you can't let it go, especially if you're a spiritual person, right? Like, let it go already. I can tell you from experience that sometimes, I agree with Stephen Harry Buner, this is actually part of the grief process. And, and the quicker we can actually forgive ourselves and love ourselves through it and say, okay, this is deep grief. Um, you know, I've had that experience in a, a relationship that I've been in now for four years, it's been an on and off relationship in terms of our current, our formal status, but deep, deep, deep soul work that we've done together and a lot of pain, a lot of ancestral grief that we've moved through. Um, it's looked very messy to the people in our lives. Um, and it's been sacred, sacred work. Um, and many times, you know, even recently, I can say that I want to just put it in this box and say, it's so codependent. It's so toxic, right? It's really easy to do that. But to be honest, some of these words diminish what's happening at the soul level. They diminish the truth of what two souls are working to heal and to clear and to come in a right alignment with. 
And so recently I've, I've had finally this place of recognizing that we've done such deep and powerful work. And so that moment of saying, I'm leaving, I'm moving um, for whatever that means for the future in terms of our, our relationship, um, I was terrified. And there has been a dark current that's very deep, that's very dark, that sometimes feels quite volatile, that's very different in many ways from what actually physically, literally is happening. But it still felt because it has to do with deep ancestral lines, past lives, patterns of relational dynamics that have really dark roots. And we've had to tend it, tend it, tend it, tend it, tend it. And when I finally, I was terrified of finally speaking this truth and I spoke it and it and I'm not going to say that there isn't still and there won't still be more grief or more of this change. Change is challenging. Um, but it was so much lighter than I thought. And I think this is true for many of us because the pain and the, and the anguish or the difficulty that we feel, it's important to recognize often, you know what, this, this, this terror, this anguish, this because it can be intense, intense energies that move through our body. It can be like, okay. Is that what's true right now? That was true right now. Okay. Um, I feel it in my body. You know, there's the somatic practices we can do. Um, I'm here. I'm here to do the practices to be in my body so I can give it that density back to the earth. I offer it as a gift to the earth. I honor and, and do what I can to be in my body, to be on the earth, to allow it to naturally fall away. Um, and... And the truth often is that that the really deep dark stuff really is ancient. It's it and it's 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 not as much and it's not as deep as you think it is. It's it's the memory almost that's like the ghost limb. It's finally being released. Doesn't mean it doesn't feel real. And there's some layer of the feeling real that's essential. To heal it. And this goes with the Scorpio South Node, I believe, too. Um, and Pluto and Capricorn again is we are putting our hungry ghosts into a good burial. There is a haunted feeling many of us have navigated. And what that is, is we are the brave ones, we're the courageous ones who are here willing. We agreed to this, is my belief. We agreed we would take on some of these deeper layers, these deeper patterns. We would process it through the body to such a deep level that our future ancestors and the earth herself will be lifted because she will have taken that density and she will have processed it into life force, into, into energy, into the new species, into the replenishment of the earth. That's the deep work we're doing. A lot of it's invisible. So bless you. Thank you if you find yourself in a relationship that feels very tangly and confusing and dark. Bless you for your beautiful, bright heart that is willing to do the sacred work. Please, 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 please do all you can to love yourself through it. I'm not going to shame you for having shame and guilt because that comes with the territory. And as simplistic as it sounds, to really love ourselves through this and honor and dignify our journey, even the layers no one else can understand that we and our souls understand. This is hugely essential work. We have to dignify the work that we do that no one else can see, but that our souls know. And we have to reach out for support. We have to reach out for support from people, um, whether that's doing a trade with someone that, you know, if you're a healer, find other people. This is what my friend Susa and I did. You know, find your people, find your team of support. We cannot do this alone. We cannot do this alone. I guarantee whatever you're working through, you can't do it by yourself. We need creator. We need spirit source. However you say that, absolutely. We need our whole healed ancestors, our kind and loving ancestors. And we need each other, our human angels. We need each other right now. Um, okay. Now, I want to speak into the, the mysteries of Venus. Those of you who know me well, will know that the work that I do with astrology, I have a deep, deep focus on Venus. I helped found Venus Alchemy with Kaylin Castell in 2014. I did that work for eight years, a full Venus um, a Venus cycle. 
And I'm now doing the Venus work on my own with many blessings to uh, Kaylin and, and Sheridan, who's taken on some of my role. And uh, so, but I like to tune into the Venus mysteries. And so just to understand now you're going to see Venus. She is super bright. She's close to maximum elongation, her brightest in the sky right now after sunset, you can see her. She's gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Um, with her journey, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the ancient, one of, one of the first uh, stories at the root of Western civilization, it's a, it's a teaching story. It's a sacred story. It's the story of the Sumerian goddess Inanna. And in this story, this goddess goes through a, an initiation. She chooses to go to the underworld and to um, go through this death rebirth initiation. She has to go through seven gates, removing her crown, all of her sacred adornments. She has to release and let go of everything that stands in the way of her full authenticity. And then on, and then she's in the underworld, goes through death birth cycle, comes back out, goes through the seven gates. That powerful story, that's a story for all of us. And it's a story for our time as a human species right now. We're going through a descent process, as we know. That story is literally a description of the Venus cycle. And so over the course of a year and a half, every year and a half, the Venus goes through a, a one and a half year, 584 day cycle, where as morning star, she, she, she descends, she goes through seven moon gates. There's a whole process. And then she comes up as evening star. And as an initiated goddess, she goes through again, these, these Venus moon gates where the moon and Venus meet about seven or eight times over the course of eight months, evening star Venus. And each of those corresponds to a chakra the seven chakras of the goddess. So we have found over the years that these chakras have very literal ramifications, that the energies we're working through collectively can be felt and worked with deliberately um, as a different chakra every month when Venus is morning starts. So we are in a Venus, a, a Capricorn Venus cycle. So each of these cycles has, has a, a, a goddess, a meta goddess, that is like the general feminine energy we're working with for a year and a half. So we're currently in the Capricorn Venus cycle. It began January, 2022, and she is evening star. So the goddess Venus is evening star. She's been initiated. She's gone through a death birth cycle. And she just, as of, I believe it was May 21st, um, the moon met Venus in the sky. You may have seen them and activated the brow chakra gate. So, which means that, um, really what we're working with right now, again, this is why I'm talking about spiritual truth, right? Sagittarius full moon, but also the brow, the goddess's brow. It's like she's she's reclaiming, we are reclaiming our capacity to, uh, she, we, are, we are removing the, the, the distortions around seeing truth in our own way and perceiving of truth in our own way. And so this is this is hugely important. Um, we are reclaiming our, our capacity for gnosis, for, for being a vessel, for being an open vessel where the spirit can pour into us and we can have this strong sense of knowing. And this is why in this moment, I'm making this choice. I'm saying, okay, spirit guide me. I'm, I'm listening. I'm in radical trust. <laughs> um, and so I'll say personally that for me, um, I, I almost nothing feels more essential to me than cultivating the capacity to listen to my intuition, my inner knowing. Now saying that there are periods in our lives where that can be more challenging than others. That's also part of the initiation, I feel. But we do always want to be doing the spiritual clearing and getting support for that, you know, through our practices daily as well, smudging, um, literally seeing our energy body clearing it out. There are many practices we can do to tune into our energy fields and be sure that what we're carrying is ours. We're not carrying things for other people. Um, that's the basis for sovereignty. Uh, but again, my feeling, I, I think what I believe in, what I'm a stand for is women and men being deeply tuned into what's true for them and living in that place where we're always tuned into our intuition or as often as possible, <laughs> doing everything we can to help each other and for ourselves personally to tune into what's true for us and moving from that place. So Venus at the brow chakra gate, that's the theme from May 21st until about the summer solstice. And again, Venus 
is is in a Capricorn cycle. So it's not just the brow chakra. Capricorn, as the goddess that is coming alive in all of us at this time, is she is the elder. She is the one who has wisdom. She is the one who has something significant to offer to her community. She's the wise woman. She's the matriarch. She is the one who, who knows, who has practical gifts and skills and common sense to help the community around her, whether that's local or whether that's her global community and probably both. Um, you know, so that's all of us kind of waking up to, uh, how can I, how can I be of service? What am I good at? Um, how can my, whatever I'm doing here in the world, whether I'm a spiritual, you know, a, a healer, a light worker, a coach, a, uh, whatever it is that I'm doing, how can what I'm doing be of practical benefit in 3d reality for the people around me? And, and I want to be real clear about that. Um, when I say a practical benefit, my sense is that some of the most practical, grounded and uh, people who are really good at what they do, who are really effective, who are really very masterful in 3D, most of those people, whether they're a CEO of a corporation or a scientist or an activist, whatever it is, most of those people you will find have a strong relationship with their dreams and or their intuition. There is no way they're not going to get in. They're not going. They're not going to be effective at what they do without utilizing their sixth sense. That's my belief. That's what I've seen. Um, and in order to to ground and to be open to your intuition and, and sixth sense, you actually have you actually have to be a pretty physically grounded, practical human. Otherwise, the information that you bring in is often going to be very confusing and very kind of all over the place. Um, not saying that I haven't had any of that. This, this not like there's this perfect thing, right? So don't stop yourself if you're gaining the skills of channeling, of transmitting. Um, but do, if you're going to do this work, do everything you can to take good care of your body and to, to use practices to be grounded, connected to the earth and grounded to your human who will hold you accountable to have a community who are going to reflect back to you what's going on with you in a way that may or may not always be fun. <laughs> so stay grounded in the human and the more than human and, and, and in the in the physical worlds. It's hugely important, my senses. Um, okay. Venus at the brow chakra gate in Capricorn. Now there's another really powerful, beautiful thing that's happening this month in this course. This has to do with Venus and Mars. When you look in the night sky, you're going to see Venus super bright in the sky. And then you're going to see Mars, a less bright, but, but really quite brilliant planet. And they're in this journey now where, where they're catching up to one another. So Venus is catching up to Mars. Now, the way they're moving is that they're going to be within six degrees. They're never going to be exactly conjunct, but they're going to be moving within about six degrees. So like, depending on their declinations, I'd say it's like about this far apart in the sky, maybe more um, for a while. So they're going to be quite close to each other. And that's, that's a significant thing. Um, so by the time around the summer solstice, uh, the 21st on the solstice, Venus and the moon, the moon will, will meet Venus on the 21st, I believe, not 22nd, it's 20, 21st. Um, you can see it in the outline that I've created. Uh, excuse me, Venus will be, um, the moon will have joined with Venus, activating the crown chakra gate. So this is the time in the Venus story. This only happens once in every one and a half years where the goddess reclaims her crown. So we're all reclaiming our sovereignty. We're all reclaiming our domain. This is also part of what we're going to be moving into at the summer solstice. Asking the question, what is my domain? What is my domain? And how do I be the queen? How do I open into my divinity so that I can, I can manage my domain? I can um, really be in right relationship with what it is that I have influence, my world where I have influence in a good way to benefit the whole. Um, to be in service to the whole. And, you know, so it's it's like, what is my work in the world? And how can I influence and benefit others? Um, you know, this is my domain. My body's my domain. My spirit is my domain. My mind is my domain. My words are my domain. Um, my business is my domain. My relationships, where I have influence on other humans, that's my domain. This land where I live, this is my domain. How do I... Um, you know, how do I administer? How do I be in a, a relationship with these these arenas where I have influence um, in a way that feels uh, 
that feels aligned with my heart and with my my whole being? How do I take responsibility for what's mine to take responsibility for? I don't mean this in a in a healthy or a distorted way. I mean this actually honestly in like a a celebratory way. Like I'm here and I get to have an influence. I'm going to honor that and I'm going to step into it with a lot of curiosity and um healing the the desire for perfection that's not a thing but but stepping into you know I do my best and I'm always in service to the greater good and every day I'm you know becoming more a little bit more awake a little bit more integrated a little bit more funny a little bit more willing to laugh at myself right <laughs> that is a sign of a good healthy elder is the ability to laugh at ourselves and be a little silly and not take everything so seriously Okay, so Venus and Mars are going to be quite close at the summer solstice. That's and with this crown chakra gate activation, amazing. Um, that's the twenty first summer solstice. So highly recommend doing ceremony. I know I'm doing ceremony with a beautiful friend here, amazing woman that I met recently. Um, with women, we're gathering. You know, of course, gather with men and women both. It's so powerful and beautiful to do ceremony with both genders. I've been a little lopsided after many years where it was just women for the last number of years. It's been a lot of male energy, which I'm so grateful for, so blessed. And here I am, perimenopausal, Chiron return, returning to these sacred spaces with women because I realized I need to root down into that as well. So maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you're ready for both. And I think that's going to be the next exciting step. Um, but the summer solstice is, um, you know, it's, it's a time, it's the the longest, uh, it's the longest day and um the 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 shortest night of course so we have the most light it's like a full moon in a sense where everything's lush here in the north you know for you in the south it's going to be winter solstice of course so we have the extremities and but it's a time um where the the sun is solstice means sun stands still so time kind of slows down during the solstice it is a sacred season. You can celebrate for about a week on either side. And I highly recommend doing ceremony. I'm not going to talk too much more about solstice. I've talked so much about so many other things, except to say that it is sacred timing um, that I would say all of our ancestors, especially those who are a little further from the equator, would have celebrated. Um, they would have had that as sacred timing. So it's very powerful to to take the time for ceremony out on the land and often sunset sunrise is a really good time to do the ceremony. And, um, so just welcoming this beautiful, beautiful, uh, solstice time in the middle of this month and all of the celebrations, you know, solstice and equinoxes are time for public ceremony, you know, the big gathering. So when I say big, I, I just mean, um, more public, you know, some of the, the cross quarters sometimes can feel, not always, but they can sometimes be a little bit more um, like the witching times, right? The solstices and equinoxes are kind of like this, bring it on, let it be expansive. Um, yeah, so enjoy the summer solstice. I thought that I was going to go into more detail. I think, oh, there is the new moon. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just hold off on talking about the new moon too much because I will do a special video for that later. Um, and you will see there's an outline with lots of details that I didn't go into because that's too much for an hour. I think that I've hit some of the most important points here. One more I will mention, uh, is that we also have, um, we have the, the dwarf planet, uh, Sedna. Now she's one of a number of indigenous, uh, of planetary, new planetary bod bodies that have been discovered not that long ago. Um, that are named after indigenous deities and important indigenous figures. Sedna, for the first time since 64 or 68, is moving from the sign of Taurus into Gemini. And that's also happening right in the middle of the month. So I will just briefly say Sedna is a goddess, or in the stories, she is an Inuit uh, deity. And there are many stories told of her but the the common thread is that in most of the stories is that she was taken out to sea by her father. Something had happened where maybe she had refused to marry a man she didn't want to marry. There's something like this that happens where she was he was displeased with her. For that reason, he he threw tried to throw her overboard. She tried to hang onto the side of the boat 
and he cut off her fingers. And then what happened is that all of her fingers dropped into the ocean and became these beautiful swimming creatures, all the whales and all the seals, all the orcas, all the living creatures of the ocean were made from her dismembered fingers. Potent, poignant story for our time, right? Um, this is what's happened to the feminine. We've we've been dismembered, the feminine and men and women both. And yet through that dismemberment, we have made great beauty. And this is the question, what beauty has come from the most horrific things that have happened in our lives, that have happened on the earth? How is it the earth always makes beauty from what happens to her? And in the sign of Taurus, what we've been really feeling and sensing into at the toxic layers really do have to do with how our economies are so incredibly extractive towards the earth, towards the feminine, towards the indigenous. And this has been a, a long running theme. So we have seen the most distorted um, aspects of this in the very massively growing gap between those who have and those who have not. This is something that continues to need the most massive healing. And Sedna is one way to talk about that. And so, but her her fingers, this dismemberment that so many of us feel and see when we see the, the, the ridiculousness of the way our economic systems work. It, it's money. Money doesn't even exist. This is what Kaylin always said, my my former partner and my dear one. Um, and and yet what we see emerging, just beginning to emerge, are these, you know, from the 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 pain and the anguish are new ways of operating in community and new ways of establishing the quieter kind of barter systems. Um, you know, new ways of supporting one another and um, really what we want to see, what we want to strengthen is we don't, we no longer give uh, money this, this power that it doesn't deserve, that we understand it's an energy. Um, it is a way to exchange. And, and yet we know that there are spiritual principles, that there are values we carry that are actually more important than money. I think we're going to hear more and more people speak to that. So now with Sedna moving into Gemini, we're going to see what happens. A lot of people are saying that's connected to AI. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but what we might know is that there can be some deep shadow with this. And I wouldn't be surprised with our technologies, um, with our communication systems, with AI potentially. And, and there will also be gifts. So it's for us to, um, you know, as we see the shadow, we're already having so many people forecast it. It's for us to tune our attention, our words, our focus. Again, Gemini, focus our minds to tell the story that we want to live. Um, the story we want to live in terms of how do we want, what do we want AI to be in service to? Um, creating systems where we heal that economic divide I talked about and, and the kind of levels of economic slavery that so many people are trapped in. We want um, to use these technologies to serve all peoples to serve the well-being of the earth, to help protect what is sacred um, in our human species and in our, our, our collective wisdoms and in the ecosystems across this planet. So I'm going to kind of mostly leave it. I'm going to leave it there. I, I think there's always so much to talk about. It's all, also quite long already, but I am so, so great glad that, that you're here. I feel so moved to be with you. Thank you so much for listening, for being with me. And I hope this has been supportive for you. And I just want to send so much love and um, have a beautiful, beautiful June.